Well, good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, ambassador of 805 Connect and your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University's School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and encouragement. Thanks to our podcasting partner, Pull String Press, for this great studio, and to Patrick, my co-host. Welcome, Patrick. Hi, Mark. How are you doing? How are you doing? I'm, I, I'm, I'm great. I love this. Jo- this is the best job I have all week. I love it. Me, me too. I look yeah. forward to these conversations. And today, we're talking to Christopher Foley of Foley Pod. Christopher, how are you? Ah, oh, fantastic. Nice to be here, gentlemen. Yeah, gentlemen. Gentlemen. I that, know. Is that a first? He doesn't know us very well. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's after five. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's always after five someplace. Christopher, uh, we had a chance to uh, do a webinar earlier this year right. uh, called Small Fixes Make Big Differences. And it was a, a more, uh, it was very informational. Uh, you're a web developer, web strategist. And uh, that was you know, very, that was an awesome webinar. And uh, in fact, I just posted it as a podcast so people could listen to it who uh, listen to these other shows. Yeah, so, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. Saw so that. thank you. Thank you for coming back. Because I want to, what I, what I like to spend our time talking about is um, a lot of things that you and I talk about as friends. In full disclosure, we're good friends. Hmm. And uh, we, we talk a lot about these things in the context of 805 Connect, I did a report today, and that's why we're talking now, because I found out of the 135 skills that we track in 805 Connect in the profiles, there are six of them in the top 10 that you are an expert in solving. This is the top 10 that people are saying they need help Help around, right? Yes. So like the number one is business development, which makes Mm -hmm. sense. I'm, you know, I could use help in how do I develop my business and those kinds of things. But then we, we break that down. So I thought what we would do is kind of pick those off mm-hmm. one or two at a time and kind of get your take on them. I know you, you help small, medium-sized businesses, large businesses with mm-hmm. their web strategy, and you've got lots of uh, comments on that. <laughs> you've got lots of positions, we'll say. So I want to I start with um, the number eight that they say um, they need help in lead generation. And when someone comes to you and says, God, I just need more leads, what's, your, what's the first thing that crosses your mind? <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> Don't we all need more leads? You, you know, what's funny is I'm, I'm sort of looking at your notes uh, upside down and backwards, which is a lot of fun. So I'm not going to give anything away uh, because, of course, uh, you know, there's the radio magic, right? Uh, but one thing that I'm, I'm noticing about everything that's on your list, uh, if I'm reading it correctly, is they all share some components. And, uh, you know, one of the biggest components is, um, well, I suppose the biggest challenge that I come across all the time is overwhelm, right? It's very overwhelming. You know, we're, we're trying right. to market ourselves. You right. know, how do we do this? How do we, how do we build leads? What do we, how do we build our online strategy? What about content strategy? It's all very overwhelming. And the talk that we did uh, months ago about small, uh, small fixes making a big impact was about, well, how do you eat an elephant, right? Hmm. You know, that the hmm. old adage, hmm. right? hmm. you know, one, one bite at a time. So it's a matter of taking these all out and breaking them into components. Otherwise, it's just too much. You know, where do I start? So lead generation, I actually think that we should save that one for later. Okay. Because what what we're going to talk about will build on that. Where should we start? 
We should start with, well, let's see. <laughs> or you could just turn the page around. Yeah, nice, yeah right, nice, exactly. Let's start with SEO. I, I think I think SEO, what, what, why don't we Why don't we explain, because the, the person who's listening may have heard that. Yeah. And I think what SEO meant uh, even two years ago is different mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. So why don't you give us just a, just a quick... What is SEO and why do we, as a small business person, care about it? Yeah, sure thing. Um, SEO stands for search engine optimization. And what it really means is how high do you rank against somebody's search, right? Somebody sitting down at their computer and searching for the services that you provide. Uh, Ideally, you'd want to be matched to that search. Somebody searches for your services, you come up, they click on your site, they're there, they contact you, you have a lead. Right. You see where this is going, right? right? right. So SEO used to be... You know, uh, we were talking about magic earlier off camera, right? We were talking about it's smoke and mirrors. It was a lot of, uh, you know, pixie dust and magic. But now it's, it's, it's less so. Google has really put the smack down on anybody gaming SEO. Mm. This is an extremely simplified explanation. But SEO really is made up of two components. The first component is um, your online, your on-page copy. Okay. You have a website. What what do your web pages say about you and your okay. services and your approach and your philosophy, right? Uh, that's the first thing. What what is your on page copy? And you, you've probably heard of meta tags, right? And tagging and Google ignores those now. Really? Yeah. People were gaming the system pretty hardcore. You'd find a plumber who you know has a router service, right? They're going, you know. You know snake your drain <laughs> you know that, right. that's what the plumber did but his meta tags would be all about free ipad free ipod hmm. that sort of thing and it would have no agreement with the actual copy that was on his pages hmm. and google put hmm. an end to that so now it's not about having the right um it's still about keyword density but you can't game it it's all about the value that's presented in your on-page copy got it what's the number two thing the number two thing is how many links come to your site from other high-ranking, high-value sites. So a site that Google will consider to be of value. Google's already considered this site to be of value, and then you're getting a link from them, either mm. because somebody over there wrote a review of you or somebody over there is, um, you've got some sort of JV and you did an event together, so they're linking to you. So a high-value site links to you, that gives you juice, right? So you could control the on page copy also knowing that people don't read very much so you've got to be pretty good judicious yeah. there right but how do you get people to link to you that's is that an organic thing or is it can be both it depends on if you're a voice in your industry i mean really why are you writing uh, blog posts or mm. page copy anyway mm. you know obviously your site needs to uh, to you're trying to attract attention you're trying to become a voice in your marketplace you're trying to become an expert in your field so you're hopefully blogging about the things that you feel would be of value to your customers and they find you therefore, um, as do other people, uh, you know, partners or other people in your in your marketplace. So we we hear the term uh, content marketing, which makes me think of thought leadership, which makes me think of what you just said, expert in your field. Mm-hmm. How do you convince one of your clients that they are a thought leader? Because I don't think normal. I mean, the right. regular right. ego. I'm not a thought leader. I'm right. you know, but everybody 
could be as potential to be a mm-hmm. thought leader. Yes? Well, I, I find that uh, most of the CEOs I work with don't need convincing. <laughs> they, they already believe that they are, and, and most of them are. You know, uh, if, if, you're, if you're running a business, if you own a business and you're, and you're out there and you've already gone through all of the, the businessy stuff to be there in the first place, you, you, you're showing up. Chances are you have something to say. Mm-hmm. Especially if you've mm-hmm. been around a little while. Now, this mm-hmm. is this is a bigger problem with new businesses, you know, mm-hmm. startup mm-hmm. businesses, mm-hmm. or uh, as people find themselves unemployed or underemployed and are going to the you know you have your mompreneurs or solopreneurs. That sort of person takes a little bit more convincing that they have something to say, and it could be because they're just feeling out their space. Now, un- unfortunately, and, and this brings you back to content marketing. This is why content marketing is so important. And right, we'll right, right. Pull right. that back in. Your traffic. You're either paying for traffic. Online business is a pay-to-play proposition. You're either paying for traffic in the form of ads right. while your SEO slowly builds, or you're blogging your tail off, or both. Mm. Mm. Right. So you need to have a lot of on-page copy, new on-page copy that's relevant to your field. So does the Google – I say the Google. The Google. Uh, yeah. Does the Google uh, measure um, the consistency? So you just said something about new – does it kind of keep track of how often you're writing? Yeah, you can you can push a sitemap up to Google regularly if you're blogging all the time, or you can just wait for Google to come by and crawl you every month. So if Google comes by and crawls you and you've got nothing new, man, you've got nothing new to add to the index. Does After, that lower you, yeah, though? Yep, yep, yep. Google rewards sites that its algorithm feels is providing a continued value to the web. Hmm. So here we are, the value again. Right, right. So... So I understand SEO now. So that was the beginning mm. of that. And that I shouldn't game that. I should have authentic content. Yeah. And that I should do this on a regular basis. I should be writing mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Which kind of gets me, it's not on my, my uh, sheet here, but building a list. I, I keep hearing all the time, like the li- your most important asset is your list, your mail list. Yeah. That. Do you, is that true? Do you agree with that? I feel that the uh, I feel that a well curated email list is the biggest asset you have in your business. Really? Yes, absolutely. So let's consider why you would want SEO. You want SEO because you want increased traffic, right? Correct. So you uh, traffic comes to your site, and what happens? Right. We think about uh, what we call conversions, and conversion is when a visitor converts to a customer, or a visitor converts to a subscriber of some sort. Right. So well, eventually becomes a customer. Well, we hope. Yeah, absolutely. If your if your marketing uh, if your marketing strategy is sound, you will attract the right people, and they will eventually buy from you. Uh, one thing to consider: this is extremely important to consider. Is um, when I go into a marketing department and say, you know, what's your what's your primary conversion? What's the most important conversion you want to see? Of course, they say, well, well you know, purchase a service or a product right. from us, buy from us, right? And you know, spend money in the store. However, if that visitor, if that potential customer doesn't know who you are yet, they may be unready and unwilling to buy at this time. They're not ready to mm. buy from you. They mm. don't know you yet. They're, we haven't built trust. We don't have a relationship. We don't have a relationship yet. And people can have a relationship with your voice, uh, you know, your content that's on the pages. We talked about you know, sure. con- writing, sure. writing blog posts. But until they get to know you a little bit better, they may not be ready to buy. So the, actual, uh, the, the truth about the conversion is uh, your most desired conversion is very least likely to be the one that's going to happen. So you have to have a secondary conversion in mind. 
And that secondary conversion is sign up for the mailing list, mm, mm, mm. right? You might not be ready to buy a $4,000 website from me, but you may be ready to get these killer tips and tricks for freelancers, right? That might be, or, or download this white paper or get this free DIY recipe booklet if you're, if you're running a recipe site, right? So, you know, maybe I'm not ready to buy your box of stuff, but I am ready to get th- these great tips. And I like your point of view. Yeah. And you're, you have, if I um, endow you with thought leadership, I say, well, that person is, seems to be an expert in that. I want to listen to them when they have something to say or there's right. a new. It's kind of like um, th- this podcast is interesting in that uh, we found people weren't reading the blog, reading the newsletter, watching the videos, but mm. they are listening to this show. Mm-hmm. And this is new content that's coming out, and you know we're talking to thought leaders and pushing this out. We're building relationships with right. people, and our conversion is we hope that they sign up for Eight Hundred Five Connect, sure, and and meet other people, and that's mm-hmm. all we're trying to do is to, to grow economic vitality. Hopefully, they learn something today, and they act upon that, and their business does better as a result our mission is complete. Well, see, that's just it. You're talking about value and nobody would subscribe. Nobody would become a member. Nobody would download and listen to the podcast if it didn't deliver a consistent value. Mm. So now we get to the heart of content marketing. The content has to deliver value. Sometimes it can deliver entertainment. It, it really depends on sure. what your business sure. is or, you know, infotainment, however you want, want to position it. But the bottom line really is value. So you were asking about lead gen. You were asking about lead generation. How do I generate leads? So we talked about content increasing your SEO. You've got great content on your site. People start coming in for search. You also will need to pay for ads. Pay for ads that brings in traffic. Now what happens with the traffic? You convert them to a subscriber. They become subscribers. Now you drip value on them in the form of newsletters. They eventually become Hold customers. It. Drip value mm-hmm. on them. That's a T-shirt waiting to be printed. <laughs> yeah. Right. The eight hundred five T-shirt uh, project and that yeah drip value. We're on here them. to drip value on you. Well, yeah. I, I think that's a is that a job category? I'm a value dripper. <laughs> <laughs> well, it can be. It's just it's dripping value daily. You know, we talked about overwhelm at the beginning. You know, from a business owner standpoint. Mm-hmm. Well, there's also overwhelm from a customer standpoint. Right. You can overwhelm them with too much data at, at, at first, and it's better to drip it out over time, meter it over over time. So let's, let's imagine, talk about that. Imagine yes. coming on too strong as a friend. You know, you come to a party and you're just all over somebody and they, well, you know, this guy was a you know, snappy dresser, but I don't want to talk to him ever again. It was just too much. So you take somebody in more metered doses. So let's talk about that mm. exactly. You've advised me a lot on blogging and got me blogging regularly now, and mm-hmm. I'm doing that. I'm, it, it's working, yeah. I think. Um, this show is working as a result of all of that. What, what's your thought on um, this continuous partial attention, our ability to not focus very long, and the short three or 400-word blog post versus the 1,500-plus word blog post that is very content-rich back to your on-page copy mm. site. And I've seen you write short, and I've seen you write really long. Right. How does someone, th- that feels daunting. Right. 
Well, you know, I would like to say that there's a there's a method to the madness, but there's really not. If I have a lot to say, I'll sit down and pound out a you know 2,500 word post. But if I don't have a whole lot to say about something that day, yeah, you're going to get a 500 word post with a, a bunch of images. Uh, the truth is this: um, there are really kind of two approaches. The first is you're writing for search engines without it. I mean, you've seen articles that look like they were written for robots. They're completely nonsensical. Who wrote what? what fifth grader wrote this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's an example of a bad blog post, and Google will penalize you for that. You're not going to get rank if you're writing poorly. There are algorithms that actually test the readability. Really? Of, oh, yeah, absolutely. So if you're, um, but there are also studies that show, and I, I have empirical evidence to support this. If you're writing long form um, articles about your industry. Even if you pump one out every quarter, every fiscal quarter, you're going to get a lot of rank on that long-form hmm. content. So if you're writing a two- or three-page article, that's really great. If you can knock out um, a handful of those a year, bully for you. That's really good. And then the rest of the time, you're writing for your constituency. You've got a tip or trick. Concepts that work really well, I find, are like bite-sized. Did you know? Hmm. Tips and tricks. Hmm you know, 10-second tip kind of thing. Here's something that you can take into your life right now, apply, and it'll make a big difference right away. If you can come up with a series of those sorts of things, um, you'll have a very well-read blog. So, Chris, as someone is thinking about their website, I mean, every business has a website. We've been talking about content marketing. Is there a specific class of business or type of business that's better suited to being on the web? in the sense of I'm exhibiting that thought leadership, I'm paying attention to those things, as opposed to I'm just there to, I have a store. Well, if, if, you're, if you own a local mom and pop t-shirt shop, for instance, you still need to have some degree of web presence, even if only to capture email addresses in the stores, because you want to be able to, let's say that you own a local UPS store. Sure. Right. You, sure. Or mailboxes. Or franchise, whatever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You still want to be able to email your constituents with um, uh, promos and coupons and, um, you know, uh, refer a friend and get 50% off your box renewal. You know, the, the way to let people know about this is via email. So if you're running a business, you're running promotions. If you're running promotions, oh, you've sure. got to get your word sure. out. You've got to get the sure. word out, right? So that means having a list, building a list. You said that number one yeah. asset that we have. So that mm-hmm. means getting them to the site. We get them through the site through SEO. We get SEO through on-page copy and getting people to mm-hmm. link to you. And in, so I'm going to and paid ads. There was that's right. that's exactly it. it. This brings us into social media. Uh, social media has really. Um, it's it's like a multi-headed hydra, right? There's this just kind of Greek mythic monster, this this titan that nobody yes. quite understands. You say that with such affection. I, <laughs> I know, right? I may have muted everybody I follow on Facebook. Maybe not. Maybe. Um, it's You know what's funny is uh, the way that people generally approach social media is they set up their site such that traffic will hit their site and then go out to the social media outposts. Okay. So you've, you've visited my site and you see this message that says, follow me on Facebook. That's backwards. That's absolutely backwards. The, the point uh, behind your social media presence is to get people back to the site. Mm. The site is the final, is the final destination. Mm. So if you're out there on Twitter talking to people, uh, the, the, the point is to get them back to the site. If you're talking on Facebook with people, the point is to get them back to your site. If you're on Pinterest or Instagram, the point is to get them back to your site. Are you you seeing a pattern here, right? Newsletters. You send out a newsletter. The point is to get people back to your site so that the site can convert them 
right? That's so that people can see your promo. People can see what's going on, see that you have new content up. So, and you've told me that so many times that mm. site is um, the people trap. And, and mm-hmm. in full disclosure, you're uh, a partner with 805 Connect. Uh, you did 805connect.com. You built intranetworks.com. Mm. You built strategicsamurai.com. That I have. You built TEDxSantaBarbara.com, mm. right? And you've helped us in, in through all of those, helping us with the web strategy, which is why I figured you were the best guy to talk about this. On social media, it's it, it has come on so strong, so fast, and if you're not paying attention to it, you're you're not getting paid attention to. Mm-hmm. And yet, there is a very much di- big difference between uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat you know, and and, oh, right. and and and. Yeah, um, I'm thinking of uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's mm-hmm. book, Jab Jab Cross where he goes in and explains exactly what you do, what's, what you use Instagram for, what you right. use Pinterest for, what right. you use each of those for. When you're working with your clients, do you help them figure out what's the best social strategy to have? And, and does that frequently mean just one or two channels, or is it a little bit on all? Uh, yes, I do, and that's an extremely astute question. Um, Guy Kawasaki also has, you know, some some really um, some excellent kind of basic basic training on on how to do social. Um, but what's important is identifying the, the the channels that are right for you and the ones that aren't for you. And, and how do you do that? Um, well, I mean, want? we want them to call you. Go to fullypod.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, come, come to me, and, yes. and, and we'll, we'll we'll certainly look at that. But let's let's. Not help. every channel is right for your band for, for your brand, and and the problem is, uh, a lot of people are out there trying to do it all. You know, we're we're doing the socials. What's what's most important to realize is that there are three purposes, three reasons to be on social media. Uh, one okay. is Hold one on. is engagement. Okay. You want to engage with your audience. Assuming that you have created an audience, that's another conversation. Yep. Right. So yep. you've got an audience. You want even if it's only ten followers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're, you're out there engaging with them, right? Okay. Um, uh, the, the, the other the, the number two is promotion. You okay. want to be promoting your business and services, promoting your expertise, promoting yourself as an expert. And the fourth is um, is lead mining. The third lead. Did I say fourth? Yeah. I said fourth. It's it's, it's late. <laughs> yeah, the, the third is lead mining. So the first is engagement, the second is promotion, and the third is lead mining. What does that mean, lead mining? Well, let's well, let, let's let's look at the fir- the first uh, the first one, engagement. Right? What what brands don't realize is that engagement can be done by an intern. Engagement can be done by somebody who understands the brand, understands the voice, and understands the needs of the customers. This is like a customer service level um, mm, position. Mm, mm, mm. Promotion can be done by somebody in the marketing department. And lead mining can also be done by somebody in the marketing department. It's it's often thought of that this is one person's role. And that's very mm. frequently where people get really stuck on social media mm. is they think that you know like the, the brand manager is out there doing all this stuff and that's just not true. Um, the reason I make that point is because your social media followers are generally the least likely to buy from you. What? Yeah. So you, why are we doing social? Well, let's say that you've uh, let's, let's say that you've got <laughs> Hold it. let's say that you've got ten thousand fans on Facebook. Those ten thousand fans aren't necessarily one even seeing your posts because of the way that Facebook's edge rank algorithm is out there protecting them from you. 
And um, thank you, Facebook. Yeah, thank you, Facebook. Well, see, Facebook knows that uh, if you saw everything that you had subscribed to, you'd be so overwhelmed that you'll never come back to Facebook. So they protect you from you. Okay. But they also make it difficult for you to see my posts. So I have to pay them. Hmm. So that you can see my oh, posts. Oh, that's the promote a post? Is that what yeah. that means? Well, <laughs> well, consider that the people that have liked your brand aren't necessarily following, you know, well, they're not necessarily your best customer. They could be fans, but fans don't always buy, right? So with, uh, with Facebook particularly, you're buying ads on Facebook to connect with the people that are most likely to convert to subscribers or convert to a customer. You're not promoting to your followers, Sure, you're posting all of your promotions, and some of your followers and friends will be interested in that. But that's a, that's a lower conversion than if you're running ads to people who aren't even following you yet. Because demographically, you can, you can, um, you can target those ads to people that are just more, more, in, your, hmm. more in your pocket. Hmm. Well, you, that's, a, that's a, what we call a pause moment here, <laughs> where we pause the pod mm. and think about Digest that for that a, a second. Because yeah. that was... That's a whole nother skill set mm -hmm. to know how to do that. Well, consider KPIs for a minute, right? So, so every every marketing manager has key performance indicators that they are trying to hit so that you know they can remain employed and and keep the keep the sure. boat moving forward and and achieve growth. I had a customer come to me a few months ago and said, "Okay, over the next ninety days, I have a KPI of getting three thousand new Facebook fans. How can we do that? Buy them? Well, yeah. Well, th that's that's one answer. My answer was why." Yeah. What is that going to give you? Have you fact have you figured out what a Facebook fan, a Facebook follower is worth to you financially? Hmm. No, we don't have any of that. But we don't have those goals set up in analytics. We, we we don't know. Well, we need to be able to track how many sales are coming from Facebook, hmm. right? That gives us um, what a Facebook fan is worth. How many fans do you have? Average it out. Here's how much a Facebook fan is worth. If a Facebook fan is worth forty cents to you, well, you. It's it's get off of Facebook, mm, right? Mm, Facebook's mm, not not mm. for you, so that's just the the fan base though. So if if you have a KPI of of attracting three thousand new Facebook fans, but your Facebook fans aren't buying from you, who cares? You now have three you now have three thousand more people who aren't buying from you. Why why do we bother? Instead, uh, instead position Facebook ads to convert those people into customers. They may like your page at some point. They, they may not. It doesn't matter. What matters is they come to your site and buy from you or they come to your site. They leave Facebook to come to you, back to your... Exactly. Back to the site. Back to the site. So they leave Facebook to come sign up for your, for your newsletter. And if you get them on the newsletter and you're mailing them your promotions, you're emailing them your promotions, they're going to see it. Whereas if you post your promotion on Facebook... Very likely, who knows? They're not going to see it. I've I've noticed that when I I'll post an episode and it'll say four people saw this. Hmm. It's like really right. There's a billion plus people. Four people. Saw but you it. you email it out to sixty five hundred people and you had a eighty five percent open rate. Yeah, exactly. Right. I wish I had eighty five percent open rate, but I I do okay. It we depends okay. on your list. Yeah, yeah, we do okay. So we talked about engagement. We talked about promotion. Lead mining. Mm -hmm. I don't. I'm not really sure what that means exactly. This gets a little deep. Um, I, I know, and I know I'm keeping this Facebook centric, but Facebook for me has been the most consistently effective platform for 
uh, for paid ads uh, other than Google Even AdWords. Even more than, I was going to say, Google. No, Google AdWords is still Google AdWords, but Facebook allows you to throw images into the into the ads, which makes them very effective. Also, if you're doing promoted posts, which show up in your timeline versus over on the, the sidebar, uh, people just see those, right? And if they're good, they'll, they'll get clicked, right? Otherwise, um, with, with AdWords, your cost per acquisition is generally a little bit higher. But with, uh, with Facebook, you can upload, uh, this is pretty technical, with Facebook, you can upload what's called a lookalike list, which means that you, um, let's say that you've cultivated a, a mailing list of a few thousand people, and those few thousand people are highly engaged with the newsletters that you're sending out. And this is a VIP list. This is, this is good people, and they're getting the good stuff, and they're, they're stoked. And the 805 good. Connect list. Absolutely. So you can upload that list to um, to Facebook and Facebook, really? yeah, Facebook will analyze all those email addresses, and it'll go out and find some of the people on that list, and it'll understand them based on their click history, their share history, their like history, their comment history, wow. their browsing history, wow. and it will go out and find you a group of prospects that are like that are people. like the prospects you've already acquired. This is another pause the pod moment because I want to go do this <laughs> right now. I've been watching you sit here uh, and and as you have this conversation like you're talking about blogs and you're talking about and I can see you in your face going like oh, I got that that's that other blog I've got to write and that's that other like you're being activated by by this conversation into uh, into going out and changing things. This happens with Chris yeah. and I all of the time which is why I glad I'm glad we're recording it because, <laughs> it's all being because this, this does in. happen all of the time and we, yeah. we get excited. In fact, um, why don't you tell them about our challenge that we're, we're doing? It's just kind of yeah. a little sidebar. Well, th- this, uh, this challenge has been uh, extremely impactful for me. The, you know, there's um, off camera earlier, we were talking about old expressions and mm-hmm. with the etymology, etymology of old expressions. So this one is the, the shoemaker's daughter has no shoes, right? Mm-hmm. So I know about content strategy. I know about content marketing, you know. This is the this is this is the water I swim in, right? Yet um, I'll go months without blogging. Yeah, I just you know don't have the time or don't have the wherewithal, or I'm blogging for other people. So uh, we started a group, um, uh, and we have a weekly blogging challenge. I guess a monthly blogging challenge. But our commitment is to put up one blog post at least on each site that we that we own. And I have two. I have my my website and I my web services site, and I'm also a photographer, so I have my photography site. And every week I put up. A good blog, like a really high quality, high value blog post on, on both um, on both sites. And if I if I didn't have this group support around it, I swear I wouldn't do it. Isn't that I, funny? I know I need I, to. It's because I'm I'm in the group and and I'm doing that as well. And and having a um, a deadline of Sunday night at midnight, yeah, is um, is a big motivator, right? Because and there's no there's no stakes other than just karma points or whatever. Well, I don't want to be the guy that didn't get his blog post in, right? right. It's, it's about avoiding humiliation. We, we, we love deadlines and uh, I'm teaching a lot of drawing these days and we love, we love deadlines that, that free you from your failure. Which is to say, huh. yeah, so if I say the deadline is Sunday night by midnight, if you didn't make it, you didn't make it. Mm-hmm. One o'clock Sunday mor- or Monday morning doesn't do you any good. Mm-hmm. You missed it. So walk away from it. And that, that kind of permission to say like, okay, this is the deadline. If you don't hit it, then that's you who deals with it and you walk away from it. But you don't get to beat yourself up because that, that's, that's, that's all of Sunday's job, right? It's like, oh, yeah, I got to right. get that done. I got to get that done. I got to get that done. But come midnight, then you can, you can walk away from that and you can worry about next week. Because otherwise it just compounds, right? Like we spend all mm-hmm. of this time compounding mm-hmm. these like the, this, this, 
this list that we're never going to get to everything on the list because well I've got to do a blog here I've got to yeah. make sure to put this content up here I've got to you know address this thing here and look at these things here and then go to this and it's like you're never going to get that list all done unless you put a, a, a drop dead moment on it where mm. you're like and and then it's off the list whether I get it done or not. Mm. You know, I have to walk away from it because so many of the things now in the digital world, of course, online are arbitrary. It's totally arbitrary. Right. You, you could, you could put up a blog post every hour. We've had artist friends who do that. They'll put up a bit like, Oh really? Yeah. Blog post every hour for 24 hours, put up, you know, this thing every moment for blah, blah, blah. You know, this kind of like live casting or periscope in your life. And it's like, you know, you have to give yourself, um, giving yourself in dates is fantastic because you can walk away from the failure, free yourself from the failure, and just say that's okay. Like that one's behind me. Worry about the next well, one. Well, another big challenge is you know a lot of exa- small businesses are a very small team generally. You know you're, you're bootstrapped sure, and, sure, and, and, and sure. you know you've got a lot of hats. So if you're a CEO or CEO or even a CMO, uh, if your business even has one, you know you're you've got a business to run. Yeah. So you're not sitting down blogging, but you've you've got to do it. So hire somebody, you know, get somebody to write some content for you or figure out, uh, find a server. There are many services out there where you can, you can talk into your iPhone, into Evernote or into a voice memo recorder, send that up to the service. They'll send you back a transcribed uh, blog post that, that, huh. that you can now put out. So it's, it's not a matter, oh, I'm a bad typist. Well, that's fine. <laughs> you still have, you know, you've got your brand voice. And as a CEO, who better to communicate that brand voice? You know, if you're a larger business, obviously we start to get into medium-sized business and enterprise-level businesses. Well, the CEO is not blogging, and if he is, you know, the board wants to have a conversation with him. You know, maybe he's got better stuff to be doing. But somebody in the marketing department needs to be getting content out there. Let's talk about just that for a second, because some would say that the CEO who finds time to be that voice, that consistent true north, and they're, mm-hmm. you know, kind of on a regular basis doing that is probably really valuable to do. And I don't know that the board... Enormously. Enormously, but, but you know, we, we used an example a little while ago of, a, say, a consumer packaged goods company. Right. Right? It, if I'm hearing from the CEO, I want to be hearing about the CEO's vision and the CEO's commitment, but that's not a consumer conversation. The consu- you know, as mm-hmm. a consumer, I want to know that they're conscious. I, I want to know that, that, that this, this company that I've decided to purchase food from or products from regularly has a conscious and is out there doing things that, that I admire. But I also want to know, there's a lower level conversation called, how do I even use this product? What do I do with it? Mm-hmm. Well, here's five things you can do with this product this weekend. Oh, and that okay, can that's totally cool. be dedicated, delegated down the food chain. Yeah, the, the CEO doesn't want to be writing those articles, right? right. Because They're the that's vision, just the visionary, mm-hmm. right? And are right. we on track and kind of always talking about those kinds of things? Yep, absolutely. It, it, does the the educated consumer today care about the about page? Do they read that? <laughs> yeah, right? well. I mean, you know, isn't that where you find that kind of thing? Sort of. I mean, the, the, the about page is it's, it's important to have, right? Um, people want to drill down, they'll drill down. But I don't put about, like, oftentimes I don't even put the about page in a main navigation menu anymore. Put hmm. it in the footer, right? If people want to find right, it, they'll find right, it. Right, right. I want people to get to the stuff I want them to get to. I want them to take an action. You hit my site, and I want you to fill out that contact form. That's, that's my, my site has two conversion, um, two conversion types. The first is... Fill out the contact form, which is the 2015 equivalent of make the phone ring. Right. And then right. the second is sign up for my newsletter. Yeah, there's no phone, phone numbers on websites anymore. Mm, yeah. So, so 
one thing that I wanted to talk about when we were talking about the blogging challenge is where do I get my inspiration from when I'm writing right. my content? Right. And it's very easy, and I think other business owners will, can relate to this. The blog posts I write are ripped directly, you know, torn directly from today's headlines, right? It, they're taken from the conversations that I find myself having over the phone with prospects over and over and over and mm, over again. Mm. And you can relate to this. Sure. Many of the blog posts that you've seen me put up on my site recently are conversations that you and I have had a lot, right? And I said, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm the remedial, remedial student. <laughs> well, yes. I, I've just had this conversation so many times. Why have I not committed it to text? Because mm. people are obviously needing to know this stuff. Mm. Then do you direct? So then, so then yeah. as you're talking to someone and you find, oh, they should go read blog post 128. Do mm -hmm. you mention that to them or in a follow-up note to them to say, hey, we were talking about this. I recommend you go read this. And do they read that? Yeah, absolutely. I find that to be a, as a services business, I find that to be a tremendous in. I'll have a conversation with somebody and then I'll follow up and say, it was really great to talk to you and check out this post. I think that this is really relevant to the issue that we were discussing over, over a glass of wine or you know, however we met. And I will you know, invariably get a phone call. Well, oh my God, that was exactly what I needed to hear. Let's schedule mm. a meeting. So let's talk about how you get business. Mm -hmm. And it's mostly referral, yeah? Yeah, I would say that my business is probably 90% referral right now. And I know that a lot of people, uh, we've referred a lot of people, we're really happy with the work mm -hmm. and happy with the thinking behind it. When you're, how, how, much of, uh, how much percentage of your day do you spend talking to new, or a week to new clients or prospects? Uh, I probably spend about 90 minutes a day. 90 minutes a day? Yeah, talking with, with prospects. And if you were to analyze at the end of the day, mm -hmm. is there a common question or set of questions that they're not asking you mm -hmm. that they should be asking you? Like if they ask that question, they would get to goal quicker. They just don't know they need to ask that. Well, yeah. Wow. Well, this is this is like a Pandora's box right here. Let's but, keep it to three. This is, this is, <laughs> yeah. This is, this is a real can of worms. Uh, what, what I find is there are customers come to the table armed with sense of what they need. Okay, right? sure. And that's almost never what they need, mm. right? So what the customer thinks their needs are, are, you know, obviously the customer needs to move the needle forward. They need to increase revenue. They need All the to, things we were talking about, Legion, social mm -hmm. media strategy, web development, brand right. management, those things. But there's such an overwhelm, especially with smaller businesses who have maybe a staff of 15, right? You know, I, I have to be on the Facebooks. They said I have to be on the <laughs> Facebooks. Okay, right. so maybe, maybe. Or maybe not. So let's 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 look at a strategy. Another thing I hear a lot is we need a social media strategy, and I say no, no, you don't. Well, what do you mean? That, that's ridiculous. Of course I do. No, you need a marketing strategy. Hmm. You need a business strategy, hmm. and social media is just one arena that you play hmm. in. Hmm. You don't need a social media strategy. You need to figure out the messaging. So do you help them with that, or do you tell them to go back to school or go hire a consultant or? something like that, then come to you. Well, see, that's the real tricky part right there. If I send them away, they're going to go find somebody that, well, they're, they're going to find somebody who gave them less challenge, who will give them less challenging <laughs> homework, right? You know, right. The, the, the low hanging fruit and the, and the, and the, the you know, the, the beaten path. So no, I try to work, I try to work through that with people uh, because it, it's just, there's, mm, businesses have cyclical hurdles. Right. So sure. when a business reaches the point where they're they're doing a certain amount of business, there's an obstacle there and you've got to push through the obstacle and the obstacles are always the same. How do we do, how do we refine our voice? How do we do the branding? How do we present our case? You know, so th there's really that. And 
I, I jokingly say that we build web sure, we build websites, we build websites, but it's really just kind of uh, uh, it's just kind of we have to because otherwise I can't market. If I market, try and drive traffic to a website that isn't built to convert that traffic, the traffic will just hit the wall and slide off. Mm. So you'll have a lot of traffic mm. and a huge bounce rate and no conversions and go, mm. oh, I tried that. It didn't work. Well, mm. no, it's the site. The site was built to inform. It wasn't built to convert. So you either have a website that's an informational website, like yay, or you have a website that is built to generate leads. It's a lead generating machine. And there's a big difference between the two. And you can take that person who doesn't really know that mm -hmm. and successfully help them understand because you've had enough of these conversations. You're, you're listening for key things. Yeah, I am. And it's, it's really just a business development conversation. You know, understanding your customers, understanding what they're looking for. How are they going to find you in a search? Because that, that has to be answered before you can start writing content or trying to grow your SEO, your on-page rank. And run ads. You have to know what you're running ads against. And then when you run ads, mm. people click on an ad because they, they say, oh, they, this is what I'm looking for. I did a search. An ad came up. I click on the ad. But then I need to land on a page that agrees with the ad very well. Mm -hmm. If, there's, if mm -hmm. there's a disagreement between the ad and the page I land on, I don't know what to do. And confused people do not take action. So it's a, it's a matter of really clearing as much confusion out as possible, and that's just a simplification process. Speaking of simplification, how um, what do you say when someone says, "Well, gosh, I'll just go do this on Squarespace for mm -hmm. ten bucks a month, and I'll mm -hmm. just do it myself." This seems Squarespace is throwing a lot of money at ads right now. Oh, yeah, they're, sure. They're really yeah. doing a lot of that. And it, it sounds good. I mean, I built one for my son using that. And right. It was simple and looked great. Um, how? What's the decision process between doing one of those? And they're effective. and you know, There are millions of them. And then coming to a guy like you who's going to design something. What, what's the principal difference there? The principal difference is how seriously are you taking your business? Hmm. If you're taking your business very seriously, you want you want complete control of your prospecting pipeline. Hmm. On a system like Squarespace, yeah, you, it, they have terrific templates. You can set up something like you know for bloggers. It's great for bloggers, right? But as an ads platform, as as a lead generating machine, that, that's Squarespace is not for that. But if, you're, if you've got no money and you want to start up a business tonight, you know, GoDaddy uh, got famous on this whole website tonight thing. Mm -hmm. Now, those websites are awful, right? I mean, you're, <laughs> you're not going to use one of those to launch a business, but you could get up a website, which is just basically an online calling card if that's what you needed. And that's fine. Squarespace is like that, but it looks a lot better. But that's still different than having an online business. And an online business doesn't necessarily mean it's a shopping cart and you're buying stuff. Mm -hmm. It's it's that online presence. Yeah. It's it, your well, voice. It, yeah, exactly. It's your online presence. And it's a matter of setting up a pipeline where people come in and do very specific things that you want them to do yep. that are in line with your business objectives. So you call that a prospecting pipeline. Mm -hmm. Is that something you could draw out? I mean, do you draw it out? Yeah, Is absolutely. There, I'm, you know, I'm visual guys. Yeah, it's so. all flowcharts. Yeah, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so you know, and you can measure each one of those steps. I mean, that now we're getting to the nerdy underbelly, but well, it's just a matter of understanding your prospects, understanding your customers. Um, let's say that I have three very different types of people that I'm looking to attract. 
they're going to, you know, you're going to go lay out a different flavor of breadcrumb for each one. Mm-hmm. What, what is the biggest, so the person listening to this, Chris, this is fantastic. I, I get all this. I'm going to go, you know, sit down. Maybe they'll listen to the other podcast. It's mm-hmm. now up, right? Um, small fixes can make big difference. Right. They listen to this. What is the biggest mistake they could make? What should they not do? Oh, yeah. So the biggest mistake is going out and doing stuff without knowing what you're going out and doing. It's kind of like hitting the wilderness without a map. Mm-hmm. You don't know where you're going. You don't know how to get there. You don't know what to pack for, right? So you've got, you know. You know you need to do something. Yeah, you know you need to do something. You're desperate and you're like, oh, my God, we got to get this going, right? So I'm going to rush out there. And, uh, but, but, you know, I, I forgot to put on my shoes. Or, or It's really important to have a plan, to have a strategy, and even if your strategy is very narrow, if it's very focused and you I'm going to do Facebook, I'm going to write blog posts, I'm going to buy Facebook ads, I'm going to build two landing pages that attract, you know, this the person looking for this service and a person looking for that service. That's all I'm going to do. But I'm going to do that very well and I'm going to do it for 6 months. Well, it'll work. If you've designed it right, it'll work. Mm-hmm. Right? People try and go out and do too much too quickly. I need to be on all the socials. I need to, oh my gosh, rah, and it's so back just to your so, overwhelm. It's all overwhelm, right? Oh, this didn't work. I tried this. It didn't work. We spent $30,000. It didn't work. Yeah, but you didn't do any one thing well. So have a plan. Have a plan. <laughs> know your business. Know your market. Know your customer. Mm-hmm. And how do they, I'm just thinking of that, uh, that small business owner that, you know, is, they've got, 1800 things to keep track of mm-hmm. how do they um what, what do they start i mean just literally what would they do first well most let's assume that this business owner has a website already okay okay one of the one big challenge that, that i i enjoy challenging people this way because it's it's sort of fun to watch and it's it's very uh, enlightening we all have a blind spot to our businesses it's okay, kind, sure, of, kind of sure. like our house, right? There's always that one area of the house that you just kind of never tidy up. You know, you're just, you're just blind to it. But um, if you go on vacation and come back and you look at it and go, oh, my gosh, has this always looked like that? They're, right. they're always – I call it cleaning out the corners, right? Okay. And it comes from my old retail days. I used to be a general manager for a record store chain. And no matter what, there was always an area of my store that was just completely trashed. For me, it was – Children's videos, right? <laughs> so there, there's a reason As for that. As it is for many of yeah, us. Yeah, right. We had a lot of kids, and right? But we just never t- picked up, right? And I would always go into, uh, I would always go into other manager stores and help them out. And there was always that one just blind spot they didn't see. So where's your blind mm. spot? Look at your website. Where's mm. your blind spot? Mm. Go look at your website as though you weren't the CEO, and tell me how enticing is that website? What I hear a lot, I, this, is the, this is the most frequent comment that people come back with after this exercise is, my website does not have any clear actions defined. Hmm. I hit my website, but it doesn't clearly tell me what I'm supposed to do. We were both looking at a website that has been in development for a year mm-hmm. yesterday. What am I supposed to do? And I, we were asked to comment on it, and I looked at it and I said, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. Right. Yeah, there's that. Um, there's also like, ooh, the text is completely too small, and I can't read it. <laughs> there was that. So this is the sort of thing that you you have to look at your business. And this is a business development conversation. This isn't even a web strategy conversation. Right. You have to periodically look at your business and say, hey, look, what doesn't work about this? 
Mm. I, I have a customer I spoke with today. She realized um, she does really, really hip and cool uh, bed linens. Like that's just huh. what she. Is that she, a thing? Yeah, it's a thing. Oh, it's, it's a it's, huge thing. Oh, yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah it's a huge. Thing. Yeah, her business rocks. Um, so no more embroidery analogies it'll be well, high-end bed linen what she's found after a few years of doing this is she also had like kitchen goods like aprons and, and you know uh, oven mitts and, and that sort of thing that were the same fabrics that she was making her linens Got from it. and she realized that kitchen the, the kitchen line was just it just tanked it wasn't wasn't mm. doing well at all mm. so she said i'm, I'm going to stop manufacturing this i, I want to stop warehousing it i want to liquidate all of it and i want to focus just on the bedroom okay now that might seem a little too focused well, yeah, but what about the rest of the house? Just focus on the bedroom. Do what you do and do it well. You know, do what you do and do it well. Increase the margins and you start investing in other, in, in other things that may or may not work. But she took a critical look at what was not working. Mm. So you need to do that on your website too. And most people's websites, remember I said your website, you either have a vanity site. You know the vanity site at right? the CEO's about blog. About me. About me, yeah. And this, this, <laughs> right. it's, it's all about me. Yep. And it's exactly. My... It's in the name. Right. About exactly. me. Exactly. So you've got a vanity site or you have an information site, which is very informational. 1980s brochureware. You got it. And all the websites that were built through the early 2000s, most of them are informational sites. Or you have a site that's a lead generating machine. It's kind of like a Play-Doh fun factory. You know, you pull the lever and, you know, people subscribe. Most sites are informational sites, especially people that have had sites kicking around since 2005, 2006. It's an informational site. You make that sound so long ago. It was, I mean, in dog years, what would it, dog years are like seven, right? Well, it was, web years are 15. It was pre-iPhone. Yeah. It was pre- Oh, is that how we measure now? Oh, yeah. We've, yeah, that's an era. Pre-2007, post-2007. Yep. Hmm. Oh, definitely. And we're about to come up on another one here soon. I don't know what it's going to be, but we're going to hit it. Well, mm. j- just look at your traffic. You know, how many people are visiting your site via mobile? And right, your right, site probably right, isn't mobile right, ready. Right. I mean, I know your site's mobile ready because I built it. <laughs> I built <laughs> it to be You're mobile-ready. good at that, though. I mean, we, we talk a lot about that. Well, we have to. We have to build sites that are mobile ready first because that's, that's where your customer's coming yeah. from. But you, people need to also be able to consume your landing page information without scrolling past words, 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 more words, more words. They're not reading. Mm-hmm. It's like that, that old mm-hmm. Alice's Restaurant thing with Opie and the 27 full glossy. You remember that yes, whole thing, that whole skit, yeah, right? Of course. People aren't reading your text. They're reading your blog posts, but you don't want, you, you don't want an article on your homepage. Mm. You want your homepage mm. to be, hey, here, here's my business. Here's what we do. Here's how we can help you and take this action right now. That's it. That's your homepage. Click. Done. Well, no, we need to get this on our homepage and mm. we, we won this award. And it, no, no, <laughs> because you have like eight seconds or less and they're on a tablet. Right. So right. you can't tell this long right. story. You have right. to it, it. Websites have become carnival barking, <laughs> you know, step right up, step right up, step right up. We've got this great thing. Sign up. But if they don't drop the diamond. Mm-hmm. Then you don't have them. Yep. You got to get them in the tent. You got to get them in the tent. And you get them in the tent with, you know, showing off something, showing off something that's interesting. We brought it all the way around back to magic. magic <laughs> and You're welcome. Barking. I did. You're welcome. My work here well, is done. You know, I think that, uh, <laughs> gosh, that, Chris, thank you, Christopher. Thank you so much. This is another great conversation. I think people are going to uh, take some action and to that, I'd love them to have a conversation with you. How would they do that? Well, there is a contact form on the bottom of every single page on foleypod.com. That is F-O-L-E-Y-P-O-D.com. Yeah, I don't want you to have to go through all the trouble of hitting the contact button. So I put a contact form at the bottom of every single page. All you have to do is scroll down. 
There you go. And and Christopher, you um, your passion is photography. It it's is the thing that you actually love to do the yeah, most. Yeah, I accidentally fell into that. And uh, tell us about this latest project you're working on. Oh, this was very cool. Um, it's a, I was contacted by um, a, a web developer ad agency in Pasadena, that, interestingly enough, who was doing a brand new website for downtownsb.org. Hmm. And um, so there's a new site, you know, that th- they need new images. And I was um, I was hired to shoot all of the all of the uh, the graphics and images for that new website and provide downtown SB with a library of usable images that they can put into all of their marketing materials uh, moving forward. So we shot like 18 businesses, eight galleries, a, a handful of point, local points of interest. Did you have fun? Oh, it was a blast. It was a two days of of you know of being on my feet and it was just it was just great came home with about six thousand images no kidding <laughs> yeah the irony is we have brooks institute of photography and have you taken any classes on photography uh i did a day workshop once at brooks okay and it was great no i, I learned i, I you know my, my wife is a fine artist and uh, she's influenced me a lot I, I learned to see when i was living in france my wife and i were living there for a couple of years and before I lived there, I was just, you know, a guy with a camera, you know, whatever. I had a camera. You know, we all have a camera, right? I'm a photographer. I have a camera, see? Right? <laughs> but uh, living in southern France, right on the Spanish border, um, there's just art in the water. It's in the air, mm, right? Mm, and you mm, just cannot mm. escape it. It's just there. Mm. So I learned to see while I was there. Mm. And it's, it's, it's really, I was afraid when I came back to the States after a couple of years living abroad, I was afraid that um, I was shooting good photos only because I had really awesome stuff to point the camera at. <laughs> right. And, you know, I lived yeah. in a town that was a thousand years old. Our, our, our church was consecrated in the year 996. So I had very interesting things to shoot at. And I was terrified that I would come home and find out that I'm really not very good. Well, I think your photographs are amazing. You've, you've shown me another way to look at Santa Barbara. Where do people find your photography? Um, I'm at pixelpod.media. That's Oops. spelt P-X-L-P-O-D dot media pxlpod dot media and then they can look at the santa barbara you have portfolios up yeah there. click on portfolio and then i have a santa barbara portfolio which is yeah, a lot treat, of fun treat yourself it's quite good christopher thank you so much thank you mark thank you I, patrick i appreciate having you here and one of the things we do on 805 conversations is we know and i've learned this from you as well that a great title snappy title to this mm. episode will get people to listen to it before they listen to the others so they'll we get new subscribers every day and they they're presented with a list of 25 plus titles what you get dibs on what we call this title this episode what's the title we're here to drip value on you <laughs> or <laughs> i've never heard you say <laughs> We'll put, well, you know what? We'll run that one through the um, through the group. We'll, we'll, we'll have a, test. Yeah, we'll have it. We'll get a we'll get We're a numbers on it. Drip value on you. Drip value on you. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, so in improv, as you know, I'm an improver. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. There's a game called Another Choice, <laughs> and so you do a scene, and then the director goes Another Choice. So you've just responded, yeah. and they Another Choice, and you have to something completely different. Uh, another choice, and they might just keep doing that. So mm-hmm. I just did Another Choice, Another Choice. I'm trying another to think choice. of what notables came up in a you know. Well, there was there was something around uh, thought leadership, expert in your field. Where is your blind spot? I liked that one a mm-hmm. lot. Prospecting pipeline, I liked that a lot. Um, so the, we will find something fantastic. Yeah, in there. I, I think for me the takeaway for all this is is don't it's 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 uh, the the web is rough. Don't go out there without a plan. Mm. Oh, that's good advice. The just, web is rough. Know what you're know what you're doing. 
Christopher, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, I want to thank, again, California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and & Weicker Insurance Services and our podcasting partner, Pull String Press, for this great studio. You've been doing some great shows and the whole network. Uh, tell us some episodes that people should go listen to. Well, uh, right up uh, up now on Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is Frank Law. Frank uh, is a co-owner of a coffee shop down in Pasadena. Oh, uh, He's been doing it about five years. He's wildly successful, uh, blowing up in all sorts of interesting ways, and he's a very good listen. Uh, so that's a great uh, coffee conversation to listen to. And then over on town, um, as I've said a couple different places, we've got Helene Schneider, the current mayor of Santa Barbara, mm. uh, coming in to have a conversation with us and talk all about just, you know, I don't know, just small things like running for United States Congress, stuff like that. Something simple. Yeah. I love that. Well, the 805 Connect Project is supported by partners and sponsors throughout the region. We want to thank them as well. More information on them is at 805connect.com. Look at the partner link. Now, Patrick, um, how could people help us? Right, they're listening to the show. Right. They they were in, they were inspired. They're going to take action. They loved Christopher. They're going to go to his site. What else could they do? Well, they should definitely go over to eight hundred five Connect and sign up and uh, you know enter their information in the contact get that. on the newsletter. Um, but also, more importantly, right now, I think it would be a really good opportunity to start figuring out which of these guests we're going to circle back and talk to again. So, mm. if you have mm. a suggestion for which guest you've heard on eight hundred five Conversations that you think you would love to hear more from, expanded uh, conversation or if there's a question that you're just dying uh, to, to ask one of our guests like Christopher, uh, email that to Mark and uh, and then, you know, say, hey, we want this person. We want more of this person. We want to know more about what they have to say. So uh, help us select our, our, our reruns. Who are we going to bring back? I love that. Well, I'd love to. All, I want to hear from you personally. So see that mail is Mark at 805connect.com. Last week I was at an event and it was down in Westlake and two different people who had come from Santa Barbara, drove down, and they told me, hey, I listened to the show on the way down. And that's just, it's kind of like when you say someone read your blog post, and they're like, <laughs> oh, wow, I, I have an audience, yes. <laughs> uh, but it was very interesting just to shut up and listen to them talk about what they liked, and they're getting value out of it, and, and it encourages us and, and wants us to keep doing mm-hmm. a better show and, and doing that a lot. So. Until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations.